Hey guys, this is Joey. Right here at the jump of the episode, before we get into it, we just wanted to give a brief trigger warning for this week's episode. Um, this episode contains some depictions of trauma, um, some depictions of torture, and some depictions of uh, a little bit heavier violence than you might have seen in other episodes. Um, we just want to give a quick, you know, listener discretion is advised. Probably not suitable for a younger audience and uh, anybody that may have experienced similar trauma in the past. So, that being said, um, if you're still with us, please enjoy the episode. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of SideQuest, it's SideQuest. Guys, how are, how's everybody doing? Dan, you doing good today, buddy? I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. How are, how are you? You know, Dan, I'm doing pretty good. Why don't we have a <gasps> chat for a second? Oh, you answered back. <laughs> Man, you sounded, you sounded pretty chill tonight, Dan. I need you to... I, Dr. Cogsbuck was left in a really bad spot. I need you to bring some manic energy for this next part. Some some manic energy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He's in a bad spot. He's like a caged animal. Yeah, I, I get that, but um. Oh no, I'm in a bad yeah. spot. Hey, uh, my uh, Dr. Cogsbuck was screwed. Yep, there we go. I like it. This is good. Is that what you wanted? That's what I'm going for. Just, just hold that energy in a bottle. It's lightning in a bottle. You got it. That's the stuff, kid. We're gonna, we're gonna win some awards for this one. Uh, speaking of awards, Richie, how you doing, bud? Uh, you know, we here, we rolling, baby. We in this. That's right. We here, we rolling, we in this. And speaking of in this, Cruz Turner, Cruz, how are you, buddy? I'm in it. You know, that's all you can be is in it. Uh, yep. To win it, in it to win it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Taking it to the limit. Yeah. Push it to the limit. <laughs> I gotta clear my throat real quick, so Dan, edit this out. <coughs> oh, Dan's not gonna edit that out. So last time we <laughs> left, uh, <laughs> if we can get into character for a second, Doctor Cogsbuckle. Last time we left you, um, why don't you give us your best impression of how we left you? Yeah, that's right. You were unconscious. That's exactly. Yeah, that's, 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 that's it. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right before that, prior to that, you were surrounded by E Street, E Street members, and were about to take a rifle butt to the face. Uh, Rat Boy was there, and Marla kind of walked in right as it was happening and peaced out. What what was going through your mind as you turn around to see the the gang surrounding you? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, well, uh, the first thing that ran through my mind was, oh, I've gone and done it now. And then the last thing was the butt of the rifle. Yes, yeah, a severe pain in the side of my temple. Nice. That's yeah. That's it's 
not going to be good. I can go ahead and tell you that. I'm excited about what's going to happen next. <laughs> Den, you and Boulder were victorious. You coming in the number one spot, Boulder coming in the number two spot. Unfortunately, Boulder has to be uh, ceremonially executed because it was a last man standing race. Um, so I think as the victor, you have to do that. Am I wrong about that? Well... I mean, if it's uh, old Boulder's time to go, it's old Boulder's time to go. <laughs> and I guess uh, I'll have to take him behind the shed where no one will know what happens to him and put him out of his misery, seeing as he is the uh, first loser in this death race. <laughs> That's right. You know, in the famous words of Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Boulder, you were able to, through some... I don't know if we should call it video game heroism or what, but you were able to secure the battle tank and blow up the uh, the driver of said battle tank. How you feeling at the moment? I didn't get a boulder. A boulder at the end of the last one. Can you give me one now? I don't think it's inappropriate considering <laughs> that people's lost their lives. That's true, yeah. Well, you're not usually such a stickler for that. Well, this time specifically, I thinks that it's inappropriate, mainly because... You know, it's Din's big days. I don't need to take away his shine, if you wills. Yeah, and speaking of, Din, how, what's the plan for restructuring the streets? What Are we getting back to normal? Uh, yeah. No, the plan has always been, it's, it's got to go back to normal. There's There's got to be no more intentional death. I mean, in racing, accidents happen. We all know this, but I'm not having none of this. I will shoot you, you will shoot me, and I have a floating battle tank at all times, because that's, that's a little unfair, if you ask me, but, you know, well, once I get, you know, bolder and back with the dock, we can, uh, we can really talk about how I'm gonna change these streets back to normal. I like that, yeah, I think that's a good idea, so you guys are, have just finished and have not made it back up to the tower where, where Marla was, and actually, you know, fast forward in a few days after the fact, it's been a while and you haven't heard from Marla at all. What did you, uh, what did you do with her car? Uh, well, I mean, I brought it back to, to my place and I, you know, I, it's my fault. It kind of, well, not all my fault, but you know, I was driving it. So I feel, you know, I had to, you know, I had to help fix it up a little bit, you know, repair some of the damages, you know, get it back to proper working condition. It's not as pretty as it was, but you know, it runs now. Yeah, and I would be remiss to say that um, Din did level up between this past session and this one now, and uh, you got a new a new add-on for your for the school, if I'm not mistaken. Why don't you tell me about it? I did with uh, you know everyone you know kicking the E Street Riders off my uh, off my turf and you know basically telling them give me back the streets. Me and uh and some of the the guys, well I call them my guys now, but you know they all came together at the end and said they want to help out. Uh, bringing normality back to uh to what we used to do so we uh officially opened up uh Dan's body shop uh, and nice. uh garage i like it Dan's body shop and garage you know it is a uh warren's tradition that there has to be a name and then a thing and then an and and then another thing as far as the shops are exactly. concerned see you know what's going on <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the consistency. Well, guys, um, speaking of consistency, we've gone six minutes on the intro, so why don't we get into it? Sounds good. The high arches of the not-so-great hall twist upwards, bouncing the taps of Lost Cat's nervous pacing all around the room. Din, Boulder, and Ratboy sit around the refurbished oak table in silence as a low through-draft whistles from the large hole in the exterior wall to their left. Yeah, guys, so I, I haven't really... Like, there's no sign of him. I don't know what what to do. Maybe a dumb's questions, but have we looked in his rooms? 
Yeah, yeah, Boulder. Lost Cat kind of like turns and just whips around, irritated. Yeah, Boulder. Obviously, we looked in his room. I don't know. What do you even? I'm sorry, Boulder. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just. I, we're all stressed. I was right just now. trying to be helpful. No, but I you, guess you I'll... are. I'm sorry, Boulder. That was my bad. It's really weird that you know the doc hasn't even said the. To... Like anything. Normally he's good about letting us know it's like, yeah, he's gonna be gone due to like rehab, or yeah, he's gonna go out to get new ink for the cog weekly, but this is this is super strange. He hasn't checked in, like, at all. Lost Cat turns uh, again from her pacing and says, Din, what what did you say about that that woman that he was with and, and then he was gone? What what was her name again? Oh, you mean you mean Marla? Yeah, what what exactly do you know about Marla? Maybe she took him somewhere. Uh, I mean, the the doc is a sweet talker. You know, he has me talk about getting into the dating scene, so maybe they uh. Well, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna go out and live and say that, but you know, Marla she used to run with me and Boulder and like my old family back in the day, and uh, <laughs> I mean, she just did every day. You know, she she's a great girl. She's an awesome person. She. You know, she like the rest of us. She liked to go fast. She liked to win stuff, make money. That's that's as far as I go with her. I mean, I I know. I just I just it seems weird. He was there, and Ratboy, what did you see? And Ratboy kind of like scratches the back of his head and says, "I I mean, honestly, not much. I was really I was really thinking about how I could get back in that drone thing that Doctor Cogswell let me do, and then like he was kind of gone. I don't. I just turned around for a second. So." Rat Boy was there, but no one paid any mind to him? No, like, no, no one they, thought it was they, weird? No, they didn't see me. I was hiding. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah, no, I'm a really good hider. Oh, I know. Oh, boy, do I know. So, um, I look, I, I don't know what else we should do here. I Like, Warwick will be back in a second, I think. I, he, he said he'd be back right around now and maybe he can have something i don't know boulder did you i know you went down and talked to uncle merrill did you find anything down there not really except for i did a great interviews so that we could put it in the cogs weeklies release dailies uh if i mean we really just got to get on that because uh if the doc does shows back up he's gonna want to know that we stills produces it and he's gonna be happy that i decided to take over as editor-in-chiefs Dim yellow light, still starkly bright in contrast to the absolute darkness of moments prior, spills out of a lone bulb hanging from a frayed wire that weaves up and then into the mildewed stone ceiling above. Dr. Cogsbuckle blinks rapidly as his eyes struggle to adjust and read his surroundings. Thin metal restraints bite into his wrists and ankles as he shifts uncomfortably in the undersized metal chair. The now familiar sight of the tall, heavily reinforced steel door opposite him blurs into view. He lets out a pent-up breath before glancing around the room. Waste slash wash bucket. Food bucket. Uh, well, it seems I've really done it now. He struggles to account for the passage of time between the pounding in his head and the general uncomfortableness of the situation. Oh god, how many hours has it been? Or days? His stream of thought is interrupted by the sound of long dry locks scraping open inside of the steel door. It swings outward with a groan, and bright light from the corridor beyond floods in. The doorframe fills with the silhouettes of two large men with which Dr. Cogsbuckle had become unfortunately familiar. The larger of the two, Rorick, enters first, 
followed closely by his dim-witted yet significantly more unpredictable twin, Kojak. They're clad, as always, in heavy armor colored in the forest green and light blue of the E Street Riders. Oi! Cogsbuckle! You look a bit rougher than usual today! Rorik says with a small, not so reassuring smile. Kojak's laugh, startlingly high pitched for such a large man, dances around the stone room. <laughs> yeah, Dr. C! Best put on your best airs, we've brought someone real important to see you! It's at this moment that a large frame fills the doorway, nearly completely blocking all light from the corridor. <laughs> Dr. Cogsbuckle, I didn't think you'd expect to see Rick Flore here again right in front of you. Oh, it's, uh, it's Rick, yes. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I thought we... I thought we finished you off and when we destroyed the battle tank. No, 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 Doc. No, 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 Boys, boys, isn't that, isn't that funny? They thought he finished me off. No, you can't. You can never be a Rick Flory. Yeah, Rick Flory. Go, Jack, go, go rough him up a little bit. Right. Um, it's about that time through the open hole, something crawls in, uh, very large, crawls in along the ceiling, stopping directly above you, and you see the terrifying 15-foot-long-necked and scaled armor form of uh, Warwick. Oh! Hey, Warwick! What's going on, boy? Uh, Warwick, like, looks at you and gives that, like, the, the grin that goes way too wide, showing way too many teeth, and his tongue kind of flops out of his mouth again before he sucks it back in, and he, he says, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one in the chamber for two weeks. <laughs> oh my god, that was so worth it. Oh, oh I'm sweating. He reminds me of those aliens from Galaxy Quest. Oh, oh crap. How do you respond, Dan? Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, so you didn't, you didn't see anything either, huh? God, it's so weird. <laughs> I'm going to look over at Dan and I'm going to go, I still don't understand how you understand that. Oh, well, you know, after the whole, you know, truck incident thing and seeing Rat Boy's uh, rat cave, I, you know, I used to, you know, after that, I, I went down there to have, you know, dinner, hang out, and Rat Boy's been helping me with, like, a side project and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've been spending a little time with him and Warwick. It's not that hard once you, you know... It's really you, you gotta listen to the inflection of what Rorik says. You'll really you'll really get it after a while, I swear. Maybe next times I'll eat less chilies and comes to the garages with you then because you know, every time Zeus goes, I comes and I stills I mean he's nice and I know he likes chilies, that's why I keep a frozen ball in my pot. Oh, it melted. <laughs> uh, then you, Warwick knows you're talking nice about him, and his tongue rolls out of his mouth and kind of extends down and, and just wraps around the side of your face and licks you up the side of it. <laughs> Thanks, boy. Yeah, you're great. Um, Warwick, yeah, you didn't find anything. I and Warwick kind of goes, <laughs> and and Ratboy says, "What do you mean? There's someone pulling up to the front of the school." And Last Cat, Last Cat says, 
What? Somebody's coming up the front of the school. Everybody's in bed. They're not supposed to be here right now. It's like it's like eleven o'clock at night. Dan's gonna get up and start going to the front of the building. Um, you go to the front of the building where there's a, a newly repaired, at least halfway front door, uh, just in time to see uh, three or four jet black cruisers pull up on the front lawn. Boulder, last cat. We have very important guests. As, as everybody gathers up near the front entrance, it's about that time that. The doors open on the cruisers and and a lot of men get out again they kind of clown car this thing there's like 10 or 15 men for only four cruisers awesome and um standing silhouetted in the headlights you see the small short form of uh friggin and he walks over to you and says boys where where is where's dr cogsbuckle been so it's with this that kojak uh kind of stomps over to you he's very heavy on his feet you know even in spite of his size and backhands you across the face dr cogsbuckle you're going to take one harm from this uh and you kind of wrench in the chair and um look up and to see rick has now fully entered the room and he says dr cogsbuckle i what are we what are we gonna do with you i mean you you got in our control room you're aiden den freaking Wiesel. i mean what what is what's the outcome here doc what what are you hoping for well rick you, you know to completely honest <laughs> i i was trying to help din as we stated before we're trying to get these streets back to the way they were previously <clears throat> you you realize dr dr c that you tried to sow discord in in my in my gang i heard what you said to my men over and over again as a matter of fact that's part of the reason you're here is is because you repeatedly try to convince my men my men like these two fine men right here you try to convince them to not follow me anymore yeah dr c he may be a dick but we like him Yeah, he's got all these streets back to the way it should be. Not all that stupid Dan Frazel. That's, I mean, it's it's about the money, Doc. It's, it's uh, I keep my boys here well-fed, well-armored, <laughs> well-clothed, well-weaponed. Well, well, it, it, with good guns. And, and, you know, we just really, this, yeah. is, this is the way the streets are meant to be, not just boring old street races. And, and really, we don't really like the way that you and your school have been interfering with what we're doing. You know what, Rorik, why don't you tell me what you do to the doc for a second? <laughs> oh, doc, doc, we've been, we've been getting real close lately, yeah? These, well, they used to be nice fingernails. Well, you don't really have these anymore now, do you? <laughs> Wait, so Rorik has ripped off his fingernails? I like it. Um, yeah, we've been here before. I like it, this is good. Dr. Cogsbuckle, you have uh, feel intense pain in your fingers as you, as your, uh, your, your awareness is brought back to what had once gone numb but is now sharp again. The pain of, of your fingernails have been ripped off. Uh, uh, Rourke, I, you know, I, I don't really understand why that was necessary whatsoever, but... Oh, Jesus. Well... Mainly because the most annoying part about not having nails is the fact that you can't scratch with them. Yeah, that is fair, Doc. I did hear that you tried to scratch Kojak and Rorik several times during this. Why don't you fight like a man? I don't understand. Yeah, why don't you why don't you stand up and do something about it, little one? Well, you know I would, but I'm currently restrained, so uh, I, you, you would think you would see that and really think about what you said. But anyway, I, you know, 
I really don't understand what the school has to do with this at all, really. What did, what did the school do exactly? You represent the school, Doctor, and you and your, your, your associate, Marla, directly interfered in our death race. Rico's, Rico's wish was to have that race. It was to fulfill a deal, something that you can't begin to understand, and you directly interfered in it. And now, this is the consequence of it. Look, if it was up to me, Doc, if it was up to Kojak over here, we'd have killed you three days ago. Then why am I still alive, Rick? Well, this this is the deal. Kojak offered to kill you just as as soon as we took you into custody. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, and then Rorik said, no, it's my it's my turn to kill the prisoners. Yeah, see, we, we, we tried to play a game of goldfish. And let's just say, my uh my lovely brother, he's uh he's not too good at the game. And uh I I got to say so in this one, so you should be appreciating everything I've done for you, Doctor. Yeah, ha 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 fish! Really, Doc, this is this is what I gotta say to you is I there's one reason, one very specific reason that you're still alive and I, I've got to keep you that way, and I'm going to, but but first, and he moves over past the door again, a, a little bit out in the hallway, and wheels in a cart with a battery on it, one of the nucleotastic batteries, and it's connected to uh, what looks to be long cables with frayed wires on the end, and he wheels the cart over to Rorik and says, Rorik, I, I think that... I think that you understand what we, we... We can't kill him, but we can at least make this a little bit more fun. What do you think? Please, please, <laughs> oh, please yeah. don't. I'm oh, not. Doctor, you've please. been so down lately. You need Rorik, a little, uh, please. A little bit of energy so well these now, past do we? Days, weeks, whatever, however long it's been. Or it's going to pop the, uh, the frayed battery in front of him. Dr. Cogsbuckle, as, as my boy gets started over here, I got a few questions for you, and I, I just I urge you to answer truthfully and this understand this is not for me this is this is gonna go a long way to whether you live or die in this moment number one boys where where is where's dr cogsbuckle been Uh, Uh, did you lose track of him yeah good good evening boss uh to be completely honest we have Man, we have just extensively been searching, and we've worn out almost all of our resources trying to find him, and, man, we've come up with just butt-kiss. Well, I, I've i got some pretty bad news for you. Um, we, we found him, and he snaps his fingers, and uh, two men carrying the limp form of Dr. Cogsbuckle uh, kind of, like, shuffle over and set him down on the grass uh, in front of you. He's in bad shape. Holy crackers, Doc! You look like crap! What happened? Dr. Cogsbuckle, you are conscious. You're just limp. You you are spent. (coughs) Dim, is that you? Yeah, yeah, Doc. Are are you okay? What what happened? I I don't remember. I just woke up and they were picking me up off the ground. I have no recollection of what happened. Holy crap! Uh, but Balder, can you can you come help? We gotta get we gotta get the doc inside. <laughs> As Den turns around to look for Boulder, he's already I've got him, and he's picking up the doc already, oh, oh. and he's cradling <laughs> like a baby. Oh, thank thank you, I appreciate it, Boulder. Ratboy says, "Doc, you'll be really happy to know Warwick's inside, and he's I know he can comfort you. You seemed really sad you didn't get to see him last time at the race." 
I reach out and pat Ratboy on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where'd you where'd you go, boss? I I turned around and you were gone. Ratboy, I have no idea. Number one. And as he says this, Rorik kind of like tests the two leads together and they spark menacingly. <laughs> Number one, Dr. Cogsbuckle, what is your involvement with the Renoirs exactly? Ah, uh, yes, of course, the Renoirs. Um, how did you know about that? Well, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter at this point. Um, listen, we made a mistake. We robbed their bank. We didn't know at the time that it was the Rimoir's personal financial institution, but we then realized later that it was after they started attacking us. And uh, we we made it back to the school, and friggin' he, he works for the Rimoir's. He approached us, and he has to. He basically said, "You have to work for us and do as we say, or else we will kill you." That's that's the extent of it. There's really nothing else to tell. Rick kind of turns and and looks at the wall for a second, and then turns back and says, "Kojak, that that kind of sounds like a lie, doesn't it?" Yeah. What? Yeah. Please, please, no. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. This it's. He's gonna touch both sides to the the sides of the doctor's neck really quick, and then back. Oh, God. Doc, doctor, I cannot stress enough in this moment, it's important to be truthful. <laughs> he, he seems shocked! <laughs> good, good one, bro. That's, I, yeah, anyway. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one, Kojak. I'm, I'm proud of that joke. We've really anyway, been working what, on those. What kind of name is friggin' anyway? Yeah, that doesn't I'm even real sound name. real, to be honest with you. Yes, I... Uh, it's not important. It's it's just not friggin' important right now. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm telling... What reason do I have to... <laughs> To lie to you at all we we've all read the the cog weekly and see how much you hate the renoirs w- uh, what motive possibly could you have for working with them it just look it's not important it, i i'm gonna ask my I second leave. question and again I, I i implore you not to lie doctor because this one it's gonna be a longer shock and it's gonna hurt really 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 bad <coughs> rick i literally just told you why we're working for the renoirs so we don't die. What more information do you need? Whose plan was it to knock over the ZSG warehouse? It was the Rim Wars. It was our, it was our first task that they instructed <coughs> us to do. And we had to follow through with it. Rourke, that's another lie. Hit him again. <laughs> no, Rourke, He's going to stab it like, with into the- his chest at this point and leave it there for a couple seconds. God, I'm not lying to you. I, I got a question. He's kind of coming up with this really quickly. It it almost seems like it could be the truth. Kojak, he's a he's a very talented liar. He almost turned my own men from me. You you know best. Please listen to Kojak. He's telling the truth. Why? Do you honestly think it would take me that short of a time to come up with anything? Like, literally, it was on the top of my head. As soon as you started the question, I had the answer prepared for you because it's the truth. I have no reason to lie to you right now. With that, Rick's eyes burn, like, maddeningly, and he moves over to Kojak with lightning speed. Rick is a big man. Moves over to Kojak with lightning speed and backhands him across the face. And he says, you see what he's doing to you, Kojak? You see this right now? This is exactly why you can't trust him. 
Why do you, you gotta hit me like mom used to hit me? Come on, boss. You 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 know he doesn't he doesn't work well when you do that. I, I need positive reinforcement. I'm positive that if you don't stop listening to this fool, you are going to. It, it's just gonna be. You're gonna go in the pit again, Kojo. I, I wasn't listening. I was only trying to say, may, maybe he was telling me. I think you knocked the tooth loose, Doctor Cogsbuckle. I have a third and final question for you. It, and again, just this is the last one. And after this, my boy's gonna leave these leads on here until there's nothing left but smoke and ashes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. What was that While doing? he's saying that, Kojak looks at Rorik and then looks at Rick and then looks at Kojak and looks at Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and Rorik's gonna, like, as a matter of fact, b- before that, hit here, Kojak, why don't you do the last one? Since, you know, you're having <laughs> such a hard time right now. It might make me feel better. And he touches them to his own chest. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yep. <sighs> Your lucky mom loves you. He's gonna take the leads back. <laughs> Rick shakes his Rick shakes his head, <laughs> exasperated, and turns back to Doctor Cogsbuckle and and squats down right in front of his face. You know, Doctor Cogsbuckle, not being a very large man, uh, squats down right in front of his face and says, "Cogsbuckle, what is your school's relationship to Marla Winkle?" <coughs> Marla is not in association with the school. She's she's one of Din's former associates. She just showed up. She showed up to pick up Din from the school. You were with her for the entirety of the race, Dr. Cogsbuckle. I did, you, did it not strike you as odd that she was able to hit a shot from a quarter of a mile on a moving vehicle? If I'm being completely honest, no, it did not surprise me. Is that something you see every day, Dr. Cogsbuckle? Well, there's a lot of things. I don't mean to be smart, but there's a lot of things I don't see every day, Rick. I, we were in, it was a heated death race. What else am I supposed to do? She pulled out her build-it-herself sniper rifle and she took a shot. I don't really understand what else you want me to say. She has no association with the school whatsoever. She's one of Din's former associates. That's all I know, I promise. Yeah, yeah, boss. A- actually, we, we, we saw him. What, what one of the guys said, it was one of those me- mega rifles, you know, the kind that you just have to build yourself. Those aren't cheap, you know. <laughs> Roark, I, 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 I don't want to hear any more from you. That's, I'm, I'm done with him. It's been days, and I thought we'd softened him up enough by now, but he's obviously still lying time after time. Roark, just kill him and be done with it. You got, you got it, boss. Please don't <coughs> kill me. Where'd you, where'd you go, boss? I, I turned around and you were gone. Ratboy, I have no idea. God. Ratboy looks looks at you and kind of questioningly, but doesn't push the issue. Uh, have you, uh, Doc? Did you did you get back off the boost or something? Like, what? Are you are you sure you're okay? Blink blink yeah, twice no. if you're good. I blink twice. <laughs> All right then. Lost Cat comes over and says, Phineas, uh, you you need like medical attention. You, your hands are all bandaged and. You got blood running down your face, or come, come on, let's let's go get you in bed, and we'll figure this out. Lost cat, take me to Doc Raven, please. Uh, no, I will. He's asleep. You know, he's he's only eight years old, but I'd be happy to take you to him, and he can he can patch you up. And so uh, everybody heads inside, and the friggin' and the Renoirs follow behind, and 
friggin' pulls you, Din, Din and Boulder pulls you aside and says, look, boys, I, this isn't probably the best time to do this, but um, the boss wants to meet with the three of you. Uh, like right now, or can he give us like maybe a couple hours for the knock to get freshened up? I don't think your boss would uh, want to see him like this. No, I, I mean, I think you're right, but we can't keep him waiting too long. I, give, give it about 30 minutes, get him in the shower, run some cold water over him, whatever you got to do, we got to go. That, all right, sounds good. Rat boy, uh, get, get the, uh, get the doctor ready. Uh, we're, we're going out. No, you know, problem, then I, I got you covered. Uh, I'll, I'll go to it. And with that, Rat boy kind of clacks off, you know, his toenails head, hitting the, the cobblestone as he runs into the, into the school calling for Dark Raven. You guys are alone uh, on the on the steps with with Friggin, and he says, "What it, what have you guys been been doing exactly? What happened since the warehouse job?" Well, we rested for a little bit. A uh, let's see, an old colleague of mine from my family showed up, and uh, she Who's said, uh, uh, "Marla," and he's gonna kind of like point to the corner where the the red beauty's sitting, kind of patched up, be like, "Yes, yeah, that's, that's hers." And, I, I I don't know where she's at actually. Now that you not you say that, but um, we uh, I had to go back and do my old thing of taking back the streets because the Death Race 3000, hosted by the E Street Riders, not anymore of course, but uh, they were, you know, just senselessly killing people with their crappy races. Uh, did that and no, didn't. I, and I appreciate all that kind of like side story stuff, but I don't think you understand like the 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 severity of. Like first off, you you got in into a scrap with the E Street Riders, is that right? Yeah. I thought most of them died in the in the when they went after the ZSG warehouse right before you guys did. Yes, they did. But apparently, uh, whoever this new boss that a guy called uh, Rick Flarze or Flair Flair Flay or I don't know some dude, he was the one orchestrating all the races and whatnot. But uh, no, 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 no. And he holds up a hand and he says, "No, no, no, Rick Flare or whatever that idiot's name is. No, he's the number two. The new guy, the new guy got. I don't. I mean, I think he got killed in the warehouse job. His name was what was his name? It was something with an R. I can't remember. Rico, I believe. No, yeah, that's that's right, Rico. Yeah, he. Uh, like he he was the one that led the job on the warehouse and that's the reason security was so tight when y'all went in and i he hasn't been seen or heard from in weeks also mr friggin sidebar very nice to see you that's good to see you too boulder it really is i I, you know every time i get to see you guys it's kind of a treat and actually i know that um i know that nelson was over there too i did i think he wanted to kind of talk to you and, and say what was up and and with that being signaled, Nelson walks over and says, "Oh, hey, Dan, how's it going, man?" Yo, Nelson, what's going on, bro? And he's gonna go in for like their signature friendship handshake. Yeah, it's perfect, Boulder. It's it, like shining a sparkly fireworks go off in the background as they do this handshake. Um, and he says, "No, it's uh, it's really good to see you, man. I just, I, I, I heard you did some fancy driving out there, dude." Oh yeah, man. I wish you could have been there to see it. It was awesome. No, how are you going to do a death race and not call me, man? You know I'm, like, the number two co-pilot. I got the guns and oh, stuff. It's- yeah, no, 100%. See, the thing was, we, we were in a hurry. I, I had no time to call anyone, and it was kind of the second I got there, it started. It was it was ridiculous. But did I did you do know- it by yourself, or did you have to call, like, the, the backup, uh, and he, yeah, he no. thumbs over at Boulder? I, as a matter of, you know what? That, see, that's why you're smart. I did have to have Boulder. He, he was my co-pilot. Yes, yeah, so, and you know, sometimes second best is good enough, I guess, when you're a good enough driver. So good job, Dan. Yeah, I, I know you did everything. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate it, man. 
Boulder, what are you thinking and feeling with this whole exchange? So, Mr. Friggand, <laughs> I wanted to let you know <laughs> that we recovered uh, uh, Rick Flare's battle tank. And it's some sorts of beats up, but it could be of use to you. His battle tank, you said? Yes, it has jump drives and all sorts of cool weaponries and whatnots, but unfortunately I dropped a grenade in the control rooms, so it's kind of, uh... Messy. Uh, yeah. I did, uh, no, I w- we would very much like to take a look at that. Where, where did he get jump jets and weapons from? I I really don't know, but uh, if you will, and I hold my hand out to take him to Den's new garage to show him. He he follows you. He takes your hand lightly and follows you. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> what a gangster. So, so, like, <laughs> so like, I'm holding my hand up and like he's just lightly resting his yep. hand in mine. Yep, and we're right. walking on it's like... So, Mr. Friggins, if I could talk <laughs> to you in a personal manner. Um, yeah, yeah, Boulder. What's up? N- Nelson really itches me the wrong way. And, no, uh, yeah, no, uh, I see. I can see that. And I, unfortunately, I'm not used to doing things yours ways in terms of um, organized um, <clears throat> business and uh, just... I would likes to go ahead and ask permissions or or for forgiveness rather is that if I go overboards and hits him that you understands. No, I understand. Just you know, if you if you do it, just make sure that it looks like an accident. I, because it would be you assaulting one of the Renoirs and you know, I can't stand for that. But if I don't see it then it is what it is. Just make sure he doesn't remember, I guess. Yes, sirs. And then uh, I, I if you, if I may, and I let his hand go, and I lift the garage door, and I'm assuming there sits the hunked mess of tank that we somehow dragged back home. Roll two d six. Two d six. Do I get any additions? Oh, no, sir. Four. Oh, five. It's a five. You see the battle wagon in front of you as you open the garage door, and the light hits it. The moonlight and the light from the courtyard from the gas lamps outside. You see the battle wagon, but you see that. It has been heavily stripped, more so than you and Din left it. Mm, Mr. Renoir's, I'm going to be honest with you. It was in a lot better conditions when we got it here. Oh, you think somebody messed with it? I, um, Yes, sir. Because when we got it here, other than the cockpit, it was pretty much in pristine conditions. I mean, look, the jump jets are gone. Well, I mean, I just see kind of like a hole in the side. I don't, there's really nothing there, Boulder. Are you sure you, you sure that jump jets? That doesn't sound like anything that E Street could be running. I show him the recording on my wad. Very nice, by the way. Very nice. Now that is a little odd. Has anybody else been in here? Not to our knowledge. I mean, Warwick usually hangs out here because it's nice and cool. Who's Warwick? Um, nothing. He's a dog of ours. You really shouldn't keep stray dogs around here on the properties. Well, he's trained, actually. He was a show dog, and then um, his family threw him from the high side because I guess he bit their children or something. Well, um, that's very sad. Boulder, I- I'd suggest that you kind of keep an eye out and find out who did this. Uh, you know, we take care of leaks pretty well in the Renoirs, and I'd suggest you kind of handle things the same way. Do you think you could suggest some sort of surveillance systems? Maybe it will help protect the children's too if someone's getting into our garages. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure for the appropriate amount of money we can do something like that. That shouldn't be a problem. Maybe have a few guys watch the property or something. Very much appreciate that, Mr. Mr. Friggand. Hey, it looks it looks kind of like your, your skinny woman has the dock back up now and kind of coming out the front, so let's go head back to the group. Yes, sir, and I slammed the door closed and reattached the lock. Yeah, so, so Nelson, that's when at the very end, like, I hit the, the kitty cat button that was like this big booster thing, and I went up on two wheels, got past Boulder, who was standing on top of the battle wagon, and that's when I won the race. Oh man, Din, that's 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 freaking awesome, dude. That's crazy. How did? Yeah, man. I, man, you so you're so great. I just I, like I don't even know. Boulder didn't even have a chance to beat you, bro. No, say. I mean, he, he might have had a chance, but you know, it's it's me, man. It's, it's Din, Din freaking Weasel, baby. That's all I do is yeah. win. Yeah, man. He does the handshake with you again, <laughs> Din freaking Weasel. Am I right, bro? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, it's about this time that Lost Cat uh, brings Dr. Cogsbuckle out. Dr. Cogsbuckle's limping a little bit, but overall, no more than usual. She has the cane uh, and hands it over to him and says, Now, Phineas, you, you really, you got to take it easy. Um, but the Mr. Friggin over there says that, that, that you need it. I just, I just returned. Where, where are we going, Friggin? Um, Doc, I, I don't know how to say this. And like I said, I know it's probably not the right time given whatever you've been through but um the boss needs to see you all all three of you <sighs> all right well I, guess, I suppose we don't really have a choice at this at this point so all right let's go um so you guys move towards the cruiser friggin uh signals and several of the several of the uh the members of the Renmars open up their doors for you guys to kind of like let you have your pick of the drivers and nelson runs over and says hey din din you want to ride with me bro yeah man don't totally awesome man i only got one seat so uh boulder you you're gonna be with dr cogsbuckle and boulder you know he has got four seats in that car i appreciate that nelson's but i'm gonna stay with the docs because of his vulnerable positions currently and i stare at dan <laughs> Um, you do that, and we're just gonna ride up here, and you know, don't worry about the fun we're having in our car. That's fine. Uh, Nelson, um, you know, hey, hey, bro, you know, before we before we head off, the last time this happened, I came back to a blown up car, and half the school was gone. That's like that's not gonna happen again, right? No, no, Dan, that was just like a joke last time. Uh, okay. It's, okay. it's fine. Uh, all right then. It's just like you know how we joke sometimes. No, no, totally, no, I totally get it. No problem. I get you. Yeah. No, nah, it was more like a prank on Boulder than anything. You should have seen his face. <laughs> yeah, right. Do y'all hop in the car? Everybody going? I think we kind of feel the way the narrative direction is going, yeah? Yes. Yeah. I struggle my way into the car. So you struggle your way in, and one of the Renmar's men helps you up and into the car and closes the door behind you. You see, the last thing you see is everybody kind of, they round around uh, in, in the middle of the circle and, and pull back out on the street. You see Lost Cat standing there holding um, holding her, uh, a rag in between her hands, kind of wringing it out and just looking extremely worried with Ratboy standing beside her and Warwick uh, crouching on top of the roof in the background. You guys head out on the street and you head for a long time, you know, it, it's about the standard thing. You get about 10, 15 minutes down the road and friggin' turns to you. And says, uh, look, boys, I, again, you know, kind of the deal. We got to go with the hoods and, and the, and, you know, the no hearing, no seeing kind of thing, just so you don't really know where we're going. Um, I hope you don't get offended. I, I, again, our relationships kind of progressed a little bit more than it had last time, but it's still the same protocol. 
<clears throat> rules yes. are rules. Yes, of course, friggin'. So it was with that, the two uh, guards sitting behind you slip bags over your head and, and kind of cover up your ears with some substance. You don't know what it is, but it mutes out all sound. And uh, you go and bump along, and it's um, it, it's it's a few more, few more minutes. Then Nelson does not cover your ears or or head, so you know exactly where you're going. Um, you are heading along uh, through the hub and passing into the West End. Oh. And um, the the territory as you go through it gets significantly nicer. You know, this, the, um, the natural gas lamps turn into actual street lamps and you can see some of the bright like neon of the city. This is like a fusion of like the, the more diesel punk, steampunk style, styles that you're used to. But as you go into the West End, which is like one step below the high side in the hierarchy of, of you know money you start to see the neons and and some of the more tech uh that that you that you would expect to see in the in the high side and you stop just on the edge of the west end and pull in first and nelson turns to you uh as you pull into this restaurant and nelson turns to you and says uh, oh hey uh din i was supposed to kind of like cover up your head and stuff so just you know just real quick throw that on for me if you don't mind yeah yeah no problem he's gonna put the little head things on and throw the the bag over um you do that and you hear the door open and close and you hear your door open and uh nelson kind of like pulls you out of the car not not hard but pulls you out to your feet and uh you guys are ushered inside to you the same thing as last time you hear the sound of people talking you hear the sound of low jazz music as you're escorted across the restaurant blindfolded and 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 kind of tied up and you get set down in three chairs and the bags pulled off your head and in front of you is sitting Clegsfield Renoir and he says um, boys how it's been a minute and and you've been up to some things is what I understand Dan, Dan's gonna keep his like head down and like looking at the table like hey, that good uh, good, e- good evening sir yeah we've, we've we've been trying to stay busy no I and you've been doing a fantastic job of staying busy not always in the way that we would like mind you um you notice at this point boulder since you're you're not sitting with your head down i don't at least you didn't say you were well my eyes are downcast so i'm not looking him in the eyes you know out of respect but yeah i'm sitting normal you do notice that there are a few other people at this table an older man probably in his 60s um dressed pretty nice uh the dress of somebody that lives in the high side district and uh, along with a younger man, probably in his early 20s, same kind of dress, uh, like somebody that lives in the high side district. And then uh, a couple other men that are dressed more modestly, like they would live in the hub or the West End. Clegsfield says, now, look, I, I appreciate the signs of respect and, and you should do that. Uh, absolutely. But for this next part, I need all of yours undivided attention. Dr. Cogsbuckle, what happened to you? He says, just kind of noticing the bandages on your hands and... And some of the the rougher marks on your face. Did you get into a bar brawl? You know, uh, yes. There was there was a man at we frequent Uncle Merrill's, um, and things got a little bit worse for wear, and I got pretty pretty beaten up. Honestly, I, I got knocked out, and I I really don't remember much after that. It's Actually, I, I don't remember anything after that. I, I blacked out. Please don't <coughs> kill me. As Warwick moves over with the lead sparking and, and he kind of is tapping them together and getting ready to light you up with them, you hear a light cough 
from beyond the door in the hallway. Rorik stops immediately. Rorik stops and Kojak stops and Rick freezes. And he turns towards the door. He says, I, I wasn't really going to kill him. Just so we're, just so we're clear. Um, Rorik, back off. Back yeah, off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, of course. Of course, boss. Yes, of course. Cogsbuckle, you're lucky. I brought someone here to talk to you. And I, I told her that you couldn't be trusted. And, and I, I hope this proved it to her. And she just makes the decision to kill yourself. But here, here we are. So, um, Rorik, Kojak, just go stand in the corner or something. Yeah, you got, you got, boss. Which corner? So it, it's at this point that through the <laughs> through the open steel door, Doctor Cogsbuckle, you see illuminated by the lone bulb overhead, a sharply dressed woman, probably in her late forties, early fifties. Uh, she's got her hair put back in in a tight bun, and is wearing the clothes of somebody that lives in the High Side District. And she walks in on uh, some pretty smartly attired flat shoes and uh, adjusts her her lapels and says, "Doctor Cogsbuckle, is it?" <laughs> Yes, it's Dr. Dr. Phineas Cogsbuckle. I believe that you need to think about the question you were asked a little more, Doctor. Um, what is your school's association with Marla Winkle? <clears throat> Marla... She has no association... I, I'm... I just told Rick... She showed up. She called Din... She needed his help. She showed up to the school. She picked us up and took us to the race. That is all I know about Marla. I promise you. I know nothing else. She's a former associate. God, I, I blacked out. What? Wait, Doc, you... Where did, where did you go to Uncle Burl's? Dr. Cogsbuckle, I'm going to need you to roll to seduce or manipulate someone. This is plus hot. So I'm going to use charismatic here. And it's going to uh-huh. be a 11 plus 2, so it's 13. Okay. Uh, then you get to make the choice. Um, uh, if you go along with what he says, knowing that he might be lying, you can mark experience. If you refuse to go along with it and press him on it, um, then you will re- erase an HX with him. Mm. I mean, it's it's he's been missing for a while and then he comes back injured and he says the best thing is he got into a bar fight at Merle's where we frequent and yep. I'm sure we went there and we asked about him you know what no, did, did Din's gonna let it slide he's gonna he's gonna uh, oh uh, alright then yeah, I mean yeah that's, it gets pretty rowdy over there okay so um, and Clexville leans forward and kind of rubs his temples and says look boys i i'm really not looking to get into your affairs or anything like that and and honestly it's been it's been a heck of a night already and um so i don't really want to press this too too far um i've we've had we have some special guests with us tonight he motions over to the two the two men to his left the older man and the younger man and says these um do you recognize these two men um you three have never seen them before uh, no, 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 sir. Um, well, so, uh, God, you, you guys don't read the papers or anything like that, huh? We don't get the papers, sir, and, uh, uh the warrants. We just have the Cog Weekly produced daily. Yeah, that, that rag. Um, so, look, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor this. This, these gentlemen, um, this is, uh, Chester Figaro. Chester here owns um, ZSG Unlimited. You robbed his warehouse not too long ago. 
Um, Boulder's eyes go wide. Uh, uh, D- Dan's gonna uh, look down again and keep his head down. I, I figured you'd have something more to say than that, Doctor Cogsbuckle. This this man, you I think you believe you owe him an apology. Yes, sir. I'm. We're terribly sorry for robbing your warehouse. The older man kind of like slaps the table and says, "No, no, 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 no seriously, that was that was incredible. I, I we watched the whole thing on the drone. Actually, um, that Mister Clegsfield here was kind enough to provide. Um, we watched you do the whole thing. It was it was actually pretty incredible. I can't believe you got out of there past all of our security without a problem. And you notice that the younger man kind of like puts his head down in his hands and just shakes his head, looking annoyed at the older man. Uh, if if it's not too much, and Dan still with his head down. If it's not too too much to ask uh, how did uh how did jerry's birthday go no um I, Jer- uh you're talking about the the truck driver uh y- yeah yeah yes sir oh no he was um he gave his truck up to boulder so he was actually uh terminated at- shortly after that Ooh, understood yeah no he shouldn't have done that he should should absolutely shouldn't have done that should have done that so you know it's just like a personnel turnover it's kind of one of the things you deal with when you're running a big company and we as ESG like we're about the tech that you know that makes all of this possible and that allows the the high side to to be above the city and to allow your wads to function he points down at your wrists and allow you know basically all the modern amenities that we have it's it's all ZSG it's my company's doing and I, I figured y'all would have heard of me before I don't think you understand sirs how small fry we are no, I guess I guess that's true. And uh, the younger man looks over and and says, um, Ch- "Chester, you you really shouldn't spend your time talking to people like this. It's not." And he just kind of sighs to himself and says, "Chester, Chester says no. Just Billy, just calm down. This is not these people. These people are going to help us. Do you, do you not see where this is at? Like what we're doing here. This is the whole thing we talked about." Um, I, I'm sorry. You gotta forgive my son for a second. Um, he's still learning. You know, he's he, we're setting him up to kind of take over the family business one day when I, when I, when I, you know, inevitably decide to retire. You know, one day. And you see, you see that uh, Boulder roll. Read a person for me. That's a uh, plus sharp. Roger, Dodger, rolling. Ooh, that's a natural twelve. So that's fourteen. Bruh. On a ten plus, you can hold three of the following: is uh, the character telling the truth? Uh, it, is he saying what he's really feeling? Uh, what does he intend to do? What does the character wish that you would do? Or um, how could you get him to do blank? So uh, you can hold three of those. So what I'm gonna do is narratively, you're gonna choose it for me because I don't know what we're looking for here. Uh. I know that sounds like lazy, but to be honest, like <laughs> this was sprung on me. So <laughs> No, I think it's good. Uh, so so basically I'll tell you this with the twelve with the twelve. I think it's like maybe bolder and two it's like let's just say if you were wanting me to like you know, when I inevitably retire, like maybe he's lying about that and he's like Yeah, you know, he, other he, plans. Or, he's a he's a forever worker is what is what you're gathering, but more important than that, Billy, who appears to be his son, is um seems visibly like visibly upset and irritated by that joke of his father never retiring uh. um, and he says no so here's here's what here's what we're proposing and Clegsfield is eyeing you guys intently at this point like this is giving you the signal that this is a serious part of the conversation no matter how ridiculous the request is and he said uh, Chester says 
Look, so here's the here's the deal, and I, and again, I don't I don't want to you know make things too grandiose or or anything like that. But what I what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to I'd like you to knock over another one of our facilities. You know, for the for the let's call it for the insurance money, if you if you don't mind. Dan's gonna look at Boulder and Doctor. I have a questions for you, sir. No, go. Is uh, what was your what was your name? Boulder. Um. Uh, Boulder? Okay, go ahead, Boulder. Um, have you stepped up security measures since our honestly dumb luck is what got us through? Oh, yeah, no, immensely stepped up security measures. Absolutely. No, you see what you're doing for us is testing our security systems. So, um, will Uh. we be given similar levels of advantages uh, that we had? Wait, what, is, is, what advantages did you have last time? And he looks over at Clexfield. Uh, no, wait. giving you just a, the the most terrifying. Well, no, 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 no. What he meant was we, it's just advantages as, you know, we, you know, just it's our the, the whole dumb luck thing. We, we had an idea of where the place was and we had uh, some of our sources go and just kind of put patrol around the area. That's that's what uh, my friend was talking about well, so, actually i was talking about the fact that we got mostly past your sedatives i believe they were no you mean um, our you mean our worker pills yes um we were able to well eyes unfortunately had ones but dens had nuns and the docs no i had both the docs had one <clears throat> excuse me and den had none so that was the advantages that we was able to go through on our own freeze will yeah no if you do more of that kind of like lying and, and deceitful stuff like that'll be perfect that's exactly what we're looking for um and and you know don't don't think anything more about it uh about like you know what what you may be doing there or who you may be helping or who you may be hurting um but we are going to need one more thing and this is the part that I cannot stress enough is an imperative. Um, Mr. Mr. Wiesel, is it? Uh, the, yes, yes, sir. I'm going to need you to bring in a little help on this one. Uh, you have anyone in mind or is that up to my discretion? No, I I'm specifically I'm thinking of somebody in, in very particular. Um... I need you to bring in Marla Winkle. I know nothing else. She's a former associate. Rourke's gonna... He's gonna hurry over to Doctor's side. He's gonna grab him by the back of the head and shove his, like, face down so he can't look up. Oi! You don't get to look at the boss that way! And watch your words when you speak to her! Rourke, I, I appreciate that. Um, Dr. Cogsbuckle, here's what's gonna happen. And, and unfortunately, I'm in the position that you don't really have a choice in this. You see... Every once in a while, my company runs these money-making tests in the Warrens. And and I, I have no problem telling you this. I know you're not going to tell anybody because... And she holds up a small recording device that she pulls from her back pocket. She says, you see, what happens here... And I know you're telling the truth, Doctor. You just gave up the Renoirs. And I have it all recorded right here. Not only do I have it all recorded right here, but it's gone to many places remote all through New Haven. So I know what I am about to tell you is not going to be told to anybody else. The the death races, I, barbaric things, and I don't I don't pretend that it 
you know, that's something that we like to do. But they did make a lot of money. And even more so than that, they allowed us to test new weaponry in the Warrens in a way that the rest of the city didn't care about. You see, we at Marigold Corp, our interest is weaponry. And you just shut down one of the most successful series of weapon tests that we've ever done. You and Marla Winkle, Den Wiesel, and Boulder Thompson. I'm not going to kill you, Dr. Cogsbuckle, and I'm not going to let Rick over here kill you either. But you are going to help me. <coughs> Kojak, go. I got a case in the hall. Go grab it for me. Right. She turns back to you and says, Dr. Cogsbuckle, I'm going to offer you one chance to do this, what I'm going to ask you willingly. Here you are, Your Grace. What is it that you need me to do? You obviously, and I don't mean this with any respect or lack thereof, um, you being a doctor and all, and she kind of says that, rolls her eyes. You're going to find out exactly who Marla Winkle is for me. Exactly who she works for. Exactly what she's doing. And you're going to do it in a way that you don't tell anybody else. Is, is, is that something you're willing to do for me, Doctor? Even if it means the death of your two friends and the destruction of your school? Hmm, it's a, <clears throat> it's quite the uh, decision you're asking me to make. Um, well, is there, is there an alternative method? She kind of laughs to herself and <laughs> takes a step back and says, I thought you'd never ask, Doctor. She motions over to Kojak and uh, she flips open the case and inside of it you see a small round kind of fleshy looking object with a long wire attached to it she says kojak take take this and at least wipe it off with a towel or something if you don't mind (laughs) and he rubs it on his shirt (laughs) (laughs) after breathing on it (laughs) yeah and she turns to rorick and says uh rorick you remember the thing we discussed before we started uh yeah 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 of, of, of course i just didn't know we'd 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 actually get to this point he he's gonna tip his head back the doctors this this decision is beyond you Rorik, and and i've got my own purposes for this i i i i understand i i i get it so Rorik, why don't you describe what you do to dr cogsbuckle Rorik's going to get behind uh the doc and tip his head basically all the way back kind of like holding his hair so it can't move and with his other free hand he's gonna go over and go uh doctor real quick uh <laughs> which one of your eyes are you least uh a fan of you catch me drift <laughs> what are you about to do never mind i'll choose myself and he'll hold open and kind of push down his uh dr cogbuckle's uh right eye Okay, and it only takes a few mere seconds, but with immense pain, Dr. Cogsbuckle, you feel your right eye pop free. Oh, God! Oh, like what? And, oh, Jesus. Why? Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you're not looking so good there, Doc. <laughs> Gotta keep our eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Rourke takes a pair of uh, rusty scissors and, and severs the optical cord, and Kojak brings over the the round orb from before the the woman looks over at kojak and says kojak um cord first carefully now of course your grace 
and uh, he slides in the cord and I guess somehow knows how to connect the uh, the synthetic optic to his uh, organic. She sees you kind of struggling with it, and she says, uh, "Don't worry, Kojak. It'll it'll do its own thing. Just drop the wire in there for me." He feeds it in. As you as the wires fed in Dr. Cogsbuckle, you feel an immense, immense amount of pain as the ends of the wires just solder themselves to the nerve endings at the back of your uh, at the back of your eye socket. <laughs> what did you do to me? <laughs> Kojak's gonna tap the eyeball and go, Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Cogsbuckle, after just a few seconds of intense pain and starburst your vision returns to normal and the the pain subsides Rourke's gonna look over at Kojak and with his really bloody hand with the eyeball still in it and go oh here, here you go brother you could add this to your collection Kojak drops the new eye and goes oh beautiful <laughs> Um, Dr. Cogsbuckle, you sit up and and blink a few times, and you hear whirring inside of your head that is not uh, audible from the outside, but all in all, your vision, other than a slight discoloration in your new eye, seems normal. Did it draw itself back in like Gogo Gadget Eye? Yep, it did. <coughs> what did you <coughs> What did you do to me? Well, Doctor, you know what? I'm just going to call you Phineas. Um, I, don't be offended, but Doctor seems just like such a frivolous title when it's something you gave yourself. Um, what we did was gave you incentive. That that I, well, first off, congratulations because you are alpha tester number 001 for some brand new Marigold tech. You should feel honored for a free upgrade, mate. Absolutely. So not the least of which is this this eye is a is a world-class recording device and and you know it has some pretty good video too but the best part about it is we can watch everything you do and we will and if you choose to portray what i've asked you to do here if you tell den if you tell boulder if you tell anyone at that school if you tell the renoirs of all people or if you tell marla winkle that i is a bomb dr cogsbuckle and it will detonate inside of your head killing you instantly oh what was why why me why are you doing this? She laughs to herself and she says, and she motions over to Kojak and she says, uh, Doc, before before you go, I just, I, I do want to answer your question as far as why, why you is concerned. Nothing but convenience. And with that, Kojak raises a fist and punches you across the face, knocking you out. <laughs> We're going to keep a good eye on him. <laughs> I need you to bring in Marla Winkle. Uh, oh, uh, uh yeah, I could I could do that as soon as I uh I get a hold of her, you see, after the whole and I'm not gonna bore you with my life, but after something happened with racing, uh and the the doc uh disappeared for a minute, I haven't heard from her, so Well, let me put it like this. If if and he eyes Billy over and says, If we know Marla like we think we do, I'd imagine she'll be reaching out in a little bit. So, uh, sounds sounds good, sir. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to ask ask for her help. Excuse me, if, if I may ask a question. Yeah. Um. What, Doctor Doctor Cogsbuckle? Yeah. No. Go ahead. Yeah. So you want us to test the security? What is, what exactly is the end goal here besides testing security? Is there a way for us to get out? Is there? Or are we just 
you know, fish in a barrel once we get in. I mean, you know, I as far as objectives go and all that kind of stuff, I guess just get out is is the best. It's the best. I really want to see what you guys can do. I now, my son and I, and we at, the, at ZSG, we've got something very specific in mind for you. But uh, the last one was a good test run, but it was a little too lackadaisical. And for what we need, for what we really need, we're gonna need to see what you can really do. So you want us to cause more chaos? That's what you do best, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes, of course, I suppose that's right. And that's where we'll end it for this week. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of SideQuest. We appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully that one wasn't too intense. Uh, Dan, are you feeling okay psychologically? To be completely honest, um, I'm in a weird headspace right now, so I may need to do some yoga before I go to sleep. Jeez, man. Is that yeah. what the kids are calling it nowadays? <laughs> yoga? Uh, Back when I was young, they called it self-massage. Oh, Lord. Dr. Cogsbuckle, how are you feeling right about now as we end the episode? Well, I'm... Uh, I'm just... I want to go to bed so badly. <laughs> kind of you and dan sharing the same thing uh din boulder you guys um you're you're oblivious to what happened with dr cog's book beforehand obviously um what are you guys thinking about chester and billy figaro uh i think that they're gonna send us in to die <laughs> i i've i've uh, yeah I, I i agree with him i feel as though this isn't going to be any sort of fun whatsoever yeah, it sounds like a bad time. Why Why do you think that they keep asking about Marla Winkle? Well, she's awesome. Uh, because she she's awesome. a part of uh, the family. And, yes. uh, you know, that's uh, why, why would you ask a help from... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the dumb luck does help. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we're kind of... I mean, knock on wood, but we're kind of good at what we do? Question mark? <laughs> um... I- Guys, I, I, I just want to tell everybody thank you again for, for sticking with us for the episode 11 of SideQuest. Um, we had a good time. We hope you guys enjoyed Cogsbuckle's Corner last week. Um, that was a, a thing of Dan's own creation, and we appreciate Dan doing that. Um, you can Those episodes will be kind of sprinkled in here and there, and so uh, we hope you look forward to them. Uh, Richie, why don't you tell them what they can win if they get, do the hashtag? Hashtag SickPod. Like every week, like I say, uh, you know, the Cogsbuckle Corner, that's like y'all's, that's it. That's kind of like the, the little, the Easter egg. And maybe if you guys were paying attention on, you know, a couple episodes before the Cogsbuckle Corner came out, that, uh, he was one of the first ones to really get in there and use the hashtag of, you know, sick pod. And like I said, you two can come in, hang out with our discord, listen to a live you know, recording. We'll probably hang out afterwards when we're all, you know, uploading our stuffs to the interwebs and kind of talk with you and chill and chat. And, uh, you know, maybe, possibly, we'll, we could probably get in touch or Joey will get in touch or whoever will get in touch. And uh, maybe you two can uh, be a character in uh, our grandiose adventure that we call life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can be a character in our lives. Um, guys, I did want to tell everybody thank you again for listening to SideQuest. I want to thank my three favorite PCs in this entire world. First up, I have Dan. Thank you, Dan, for uh, putting up with this weird episode. 
Yes, it was indeed weird, but uh, <laughs> thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> Richie, thank you for playing Din and Din's brother, Vin. Oh, yeah, dude, of course. I'll find uh, Vin somewhere along the line. He's not here right now, but, you know, I'm sure he'll pop up again. I'm sure he will. And uh, Cruz Turner, Cruz, thank you for playing Boulder, Wayne Boulder Thompson. Man, I have nothing else to do, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. Hey. I totally love this, and this is... This is fun, and I love being tortured. (laughs) Well, you did the torturing, technically. Guys, thank you again for tuning in to SideQuest. We will see you next time. Take it easy, y'all. Be safe. Goodbye. You know, I really felt good about the we'll keep an eye on you thing. Was that too much? Are we good? I think that was pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't was terribly I don't know. gruesome. <laughs> Dan, I don't, don't feel know. like I can do anything else in this campaign. <laughs> Dan, I, I don't want to be the one to tell you that, but uh, Joey sent Cruz and I a, a, a secret DM that goes, look, dog, this is what y'all finna have to do. And I was like, I mean, I guess, sure. I was oh, hoping geez. I was going to run over there and be like, no, it's my turn, and just rip his eye out. <laughs> I was trying to keep it comedic light while at the same time retaining the horribleness yeah, the of the situation. Very serious place that he's yeah, in. This is, oh, that was Lord. a lot more brutal than I thought it was going to be.